You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Even though medical cannabis is illegal in Illinois, Julie Falco, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, believes it's important that physicians, healthcare professionals, legislators, and the public know her story. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Julie Falco, a patient who uses cannabis for medical purposes. Julie Falco, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Oh, thank you so much, Susan. I'm, I'm glad to be here. How long have you had multiple sclerosis? Officially, I was diagnosed in June of 1988, but I had symptoms that started back in 90, or 86, I'm sorry, and so I consider that over 20 years. What is your physical condition now? Now, pretty much it's centered in my legs, and uh, I live independently in my par- apartment, and I use a four-wheel walker in my apartment. When I do go out, I, I do drive, but I use two canes. I also keep a wheelchair in the trunk of my car for long distances because it's too overwhelming when I go out, Uh, a lot of stimuli out out in the world. But I'm able to manage wall walking, using furniture to get around and and such like that. So it's really centered in my legs. I have uh, my arms are pretty good, but I, I experience numb and tingling every day. I have like a tight banded feeling around my midsection. There's leg spasticity pretty frequently. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. How were you treated for your multiple sclerosis? I was given baclofen to treat the spasticity, uh, which that led to a decrease in my heart rate so low that I had to go off it. I My heart rate got down to about 48 beats a minute until the nurse finally said, okay, yeah, you should stop taking that. I would take antidepressants because all during this year you're taking medication supposedly should make you feel better, but everything was just making me feel worse, compounding the physical problems I was having with all the emotional, like nothing's making me feel better, and I would get more and more depressed. I would take, besides all the muscle relaxers and Valium, which is very addictive, Alavil for an antidepressant, and I would wake up horrified because I just had awful nightmares of actually chopping people's heads off and floating them down a river. When I woke up from that, I thought, okay, I don't think I'll take this drug anymore because my waking life isn't that bad. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling depressed, but shoot, all right, I'm not killing people when I'm awake. So I stopped that. There was another antidepressant, Wellbutrin, that my doctor had given me. And within like about seven to ten days from, from her giving that to me and me taking it, I had lost seven pounds. And I was already at a very good weight. By that time I went back in, I looked like a skeleton. I was more depressed and miserable. And now I have to deal with managing my weight problem, which wasn't an issue in the first place. Tylenol 3s with codeine to help with the numbness, spasticity, and pain creates constipation. So then I had to address bowel issues that came up. All of this compounded one after another, leading to more depression Basically, in 2004, I was pretty close to on the verge of deciding to check out of this life. I knew that with the MS, there's no cause, there's no cure, it's only going to get worse, and I was just not having a good outlook, and everything that I was taking was causing more problems, 
creating this cycle that kept me in this depression and just low state of mind. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Julie Falco, a patient who uses cannabis for medical purposes. Julie, what happened in 2004? Well, it was beginning of 2003 where I read an article in the Conscious Choice magazine here in Illinois and it talked about medical patient Brenda Cradiville. She's legally blind. She has glaucoma. She's had it since she's been 17 years old. And she, of course, took the medications prescribed to her, and they were eye drops to relieve the pressure on her eyes. And because she had been taking them so long, she became toxic to, to the eye drops. She couldn't take them anymore. And she was on the verge of losing her eye. And she did some research in the library and found that Illinois has a medical cannabis act on the books. And she was like, okay, how can I get access to this program or through my doctor become like a research subject to be able to get this medicine? Because after she had tried it, she found that it relieved the pressure instantly by smoking, relieved it instantly for her. So it was fascinating to read her article. She had acquired MS also and... Then I further read the story that when she did start growing some of her own in her own home, that she was raided and she was arrested. And I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> that could be something that could happen to me. This is ridiculous. And, and I went on, and at the bottom of the article, it says to get involved, sign up for some newsletters through Illinois Normal and Drug Policy Alliance, and that I did. And so for the next year... I did just reading the newsletters, just reading the news, kind of educating myself of what was going on. What type of medical cannabis do you take? I knew about, you know, brownies or baking the cannabis into things and things, but I really didn't know how to do it. My mindset wasn't really there. I was really still in this funk that I was just trying to kind of maintain a good level of my life to keep operating. But then I started baking and made cannabis brownies. And I started eating these and did it, started doing this regularly. And I started eating the brownies, a small cube, a one-inch square size, about, uh, you know, bigger than a die from a dice, just a small square, three times a day, every day. And, Susan, I can't even tell you that it, it was pretty much instantaneous of just relief of the numbness and tingling was all there, but everything was subsided. Everything got dampened down to enough like, oh, oh, wow, I can really feel normalized a little bit, and I'm kind of walking a little better and standing up straighter and more fluid in my movements. Family and friends would see this and go, oh, my God, what's going on with you? And I said, well, I'm eating these cannabis brownies now. And they were in amazement, and I continued on this, and slowly... Since 2004, I have gone off all of my pharmaceutical medications, which, again, the Tylenol 3s with codeine, I only take those as a backup once in a while. But everything else, Valium to an injectable medication I took for MS, it's supposed to slow the progression. Xanaflex, any of the antidepressants, everything that was making me feel miserable, I'm off of all those medications. On a pain scale of 1 to 10, how did you rank your pain before you started taking the medical cannabis? Before I started taking cannabis, I would say it was anywhere from 8 to 10. And how do you rank your pain today? 
two to three. I mean, it's there, and of course, this is not a cure-all, you know, or anything, but it just helps me manage those symptoms. And, and sure, the pain is still there, but it's not the hugest thing on my agenda every day. And it's really nice to be able to to work with it and live with it. Do you experience any side effects? Well, if you want to call a little dry mouth a side effect, then sure, dry mouth, I would say. And I guess the biggest one I, I have is fear of prosecution. Julie, what gives you the courage to be so public about your use? It was pretty much in the beginning of this when I started in 2004. And I had asked the question to some of my colleagues here in this issue of, of going out and speaking out openly I said, okay, I'll do these interviews, but I'm kind of feeling afraid because if I do, they're going to know who I am and I could be arrested and, yeah, I have that fear. And they said, well, sure, you can use, you know, your last initial. You can be anonymous if you want, certainly. Nobody ever pushed me for anything. But, of course, that same year, I read a story about Jonathan Magby in Washington, D.C., who was a quadriplegic since he was four years old from a car accident. And he was relegated to a wheelchair, and he could only move around using a chin-operated device. He needed respiratory care and other attendant care. He was in a car with a, a cousin or family member, and, of course, that car was pulled over. They found drugs. He was brought in front of a judge, and he used cannabis. And he told the judge, I won't stop using because it makes me feel better. It helps me with, you know, it helps him with his symptoms of paralysis. And because he said that, the judge said, well, I'm sorry, because you said that I'm going to put you in jail for 10 days. And subsequently, he didn't get the care he needed in a jail cell. He was ignored, and he died in jail. So this still affects me because it is so preposterous to think that that could happen to so many patients needlessly. And something needs to be done. And right then I decided, okay, yes, I'm Julie Falco, and I'm going to speak out about this because he wasn't able to fight about this. And there's so many people like that in jail right now. And so I can't even imagine with my MS symptoms that I do have to deal with to be in jail and trying to deal with an illness but then sitting in a jail cell. I wouldn't be able to manage that. I don't think I'd live through that. I'd like to thank Julie Falco for joining us today to discuss her use of cannabis for medical purposes. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.